0: In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, we are going to talk about the McDonald's All-American game. The rosters were just released a few hours ago, and who better to talk about some of the top prospects for 2025 than Max Feldman from Made Hoops. Max is a friend of the pro- program. He was the first one to really talk about Shaden Sharp as an NBA prospect. So whenever I'm looking for grassroots info, I bring Max on. So stay tuned to find out who are some of the names to look out for in the 2025 NBA Draft, but also at the McDonald's All-American Games. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I appreciate each and every listen Because we are your your five days a week source for NBA draft content. And like I mentioned in the open, we're we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We're talking about the 2025 draft. Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that it is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started right as i mentioned my guest for today is max feldman from made hoops he is a grassroots guru i bring max on a couple times a year the last episode we did we talked about some of the non-mcdonald's all-americans that he thought were going to be big risers in the 2024 nba draft but today we're going to talk about the 2025 nba draft in the guys that were selected as McDonald's All-Americans. We probably won't get a chance to go over all the names, but I want to ask Max a few questions about some guys that I really like and that I'm high on. The first name we have to start off with is probably the most famous high schooler in the world right now and it is Cooper Flag. Cooper's going to to Duke. So, what are your thoughts on Cooper Flag as an NBA prospect?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, talking about him all the time in the gym, um, been talked about as much as any prospect in my time evaluating high school kids for sure. Um, And I think the big thing with Cooper is that he continues to get better doing the big things, um, continues to improve as a shooter, Continue to continues to improve his frame, get stronger, things like that. But for me, it's really the little things. It's like people who, who really enjoy basketball and are really dialed in on the details. You can't get enough of Cooper like he does all the little things. Um, He's the first one to lose balls. Um, And I think when scouts really dial in on him next year, um, the big focus obviously will be on the big things like the shooting, the handling. Um, But it's going to be hard not to fall in love with him when you watch a ton of games and see all the little things he does to impact winning. Yeah, he's the unique prospect
0: because he's so talented, so athletic. He's the best defensive player I've ever scouted on the high school level. I mean, I've seen him just shut down an entire team's offense where guys were just scared to go to the rack. But then he's like blocking jumpers. I mean, he's just a monster on the defensive end. However, despite the fact that he's so talented and so gifted, he has this blue collar mentality. Like, you know, sometimes the guys are like the hardest working guys as far as Wanting to get their hands dirty, doing the blue collar stuff are usually aren't the most talented guys, but in in this case, you have a guy that's usually the most talented guy on the team on the floor, but he does the dirty work, like you said, loose balls, the extra stuff like boxing out, even though he can out jump everybody, but he he boxes out, he contests threes, floaters. What are your thoughts on him as as far as like his floor? as as far as like being an NBA prospect?
1: Yeah, like you kind of mentioned, talent aside, um, I think it's going to be hard for him to not be a very long-time NBA player, starter, borderline all-star for a long time, and that's a floor. Um, And I think that's just with how how much he impacts the game, his motor, his energy, um, how smart he is. I think that's often kind of overlooked just with the highlights, the posters, the blocks, everything like that. Um, I haven't come across a game where he's just not clearly the smartest player on the floor and seeing things before anyone else. So I think for me, um, that's just the biggest thing in terms of evaluating the floor, it's how hard he plays, one, and two, how smart he is.
0: So for those that are not familiar with his game, and I'm going to leave it up to you, how would you describe Cooper Flagg's game to those that have only heard of heard of him? They don't watch a lot of high school film. And they just want to know about this guy that's going to Duke next year that is probably the favorite to be the top pick in next year's draft.
1: Yeah, super unique first overall type of guy in that he's not a high usage guy. Um, He's not a guy that's going to be your primary source of offense. It's something that he's shown he's been able to do over this last year. Um, But he's super unique fitting in and accentuating the guys around him. Um, I would start on the defensive end, as you mentioned, super versatile, um, fantastic on the ball, obviously, but uh, he, he really makes his mark off the ball rotating um, one who you said can really just destroy possessions consistently with how reactive he is, how smart he is um, in rotation. And then offensively, I think it all stems from just how smart he is consistently making the right play, no waste in motion plays within himself can really knock down shots off the catch um, handle is much improved. And um, he's, he's really taken off offensively here over the last six months.
0: Yeah. I haven't watched him live since maybe like last May or, or whatever, but I was totally impressed. I mean, I brought my camera out and I just focused on him the, the entire game. So I, I finally came up with the comparison. I was watching some film today. My NBA comparison for him and I'm not the best at comparisons. You know, with comparisons, people either think you're you're nuts or, or either they agree with it. But I think his floor would be Kenyon Martin. So for and- some people may think like, oh, they don't remember Kenyon Martin. But Martin was the number one pick in, I think, the 2000 NBA draft. He was like a one-time All-Star. I don't think he made the All-Star team more than twice. But was a high-level starter, played at least 15 years in the NBA. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but he was a phenomenal athlete. I think Cooper's more skilled as far as just like showing like the ball handling and the passing and the shooting. Martin didn't really show that at the same age. And actually there's even not even a comparison as far as prospects from Cooper as a senior in high school to Martin. Martin, I think he did four years of school. So, I mean, there's a huge difference there, but at the minimum, I think he could be the guy that, could be the number one pick in the draft, but it's not like your hub for your offense. He's not a high usage guy, but he can impact games and make everyone around him better. Now, if he continues to develop like the the passing and, and the ball handling, I think there's a chance that he could have a little bit of Blake Griffin in his game as far as like how Blake was such an underrated passer, ball handler. They could run the offense through Blake, Didn't always get a chance to show it in L.A. because Chris Paul had the ball in his hands a lot. But I thought those years in Detroit, at least that one year, he got a chance to show the playmaking and the passing. And I think Cooper can have a little bit of Detroit Pistons, Blake Griffin. But even though Detroit Pistons, Blake Griffin wasn't jumping out the gym. So somewhere somewhere in between there. What would you say is like the biggest area for improvement for, for Cooper between now and the NBA draft?
1: It's the biggest one, and saw him last week at hoop Hall. I think the biggest thing is just the the movement shooting, the pull up shooting, just becoming more versatile as a shooter. Um, really high level. I think he's actually asserted himself as a pretty high level catch and shoot shooter. But he does need time and space right now. When there's length closing out on him, he's coming off actions. Um, he's going to knock down some, but he's not as efficient as you'd like. As a super high level guy. So I think it's really the shot at this point. And then obviously with any young guy, just continuing to fill out his friend.
0: Yep. My concern with Cooper is I hope he doesn't fall into the line of like really, really good high school bigs that showed a lot of flashes on the offensive end. And then once they got to the NBA, they ended up playing like this really scaled down version of who they were. So the wrong system or the wrong coach could just limit him to, all right, you're a rim roller, you're an energy guy, you're a lob threat, and not really giving him the opportunity to bring the ball up court and and showcase, like, the passing. Because I went and watched every assist that he's had this year on Synergy, and he's got a really good feel for the game. But I don't know if he's going to really get a chance to show that at Duke. Like I thought Zion – didn't get a chance to showcase his passing ability and his ball handling all the time at at Duke because, like, college game is weird. It's, it's it's more so about winning, which, you know, that's the case for everything. But college coaches, in my opinion, aren't really all about developing the guy, letting them show their skill set on the next level. It's all about getting wins, and, and that's why you see some guys, like ben Carroll, for example, only saw really small flashes of his passing. I think there's one game against Syracuse where he had like seven assists against their zone, but you're starting, you can see some of the stuff Paolo showed in high school. You see it now with, with Orlando.
1: And I think the same will be said with looking back on Cooper's main United film when he was really the dude and he was elevating everyone around him and kind of being the primary guy offensively. Um, He showed a ton of playmaking, showed a ton more creativity and allowed him to experiment more. Yeah. Might not be able to see all that at Duke, but when we get to the next level, I think we'll be able to show some more of that.
0: All right. When we return, I want to talk about Trey Johnson. Trey is a guy, and I got a funny, funny Trey Johnson story. Well, before we get into Trey Johnson, I want to talk to the audience about FanDuel. The NFL regular season is done. The playoffs are wrapping up. There is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Right now, if you are a new customer, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you have to do is place a $5 bet that is $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is very easy, it's very simple to use. And there are so many different ways to bet you have live, same game parlays, you can find bets in the new explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. I mean, the list goes on. So visit FanDuel.com slash On and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, covering the top sports stories of the day with the Locked On local experts, plus the national shows that cover every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 hours a day, seven days a week streaming channel. All right, when we left off, I teased Trey Johnson. Trey is a player that I've watched over the years he lives in the dallas area i almost forgot his name is richard (laughs) when i when i saw the list i was like how did trey johnson not make it he's playing at link academy and what what are your thoughts on, on trey johnson as an nba prospect because i know at one point he was rated as the number one player in this class obviously the lists fluctuate from week to week month to month and then every publication has something different but what are your thoughts on trey johnson
1: yeah, actually just got an updated look at Trey Johnson this past weekend um, down in Quincy, Illinois. Um, had a very nice weekend, obviously playing for one of the best teams in the country in Link Academy. And it's been awesome for his development. Um, kind of struggled this summer with some inefficiency and has kind of bounced back up and had a nice few months with Link Academy. Um, just think the big thing with Trey, and as you've seen him, 6'6", can really get a shot off super smooth. Um, it's just been about simplifying his game. He's such a high-level shot maker off the dribble. It's been about being less uh, east-west, being more northwest, um, being more decisive. Um, and he's been good recently. He's had a very nice season so far.
0: So when you talk about Shotmaker, that is his gift. He is a very gifted Shotmaker. So I got this story. I have the video, but maybe one day I'll release it. So there were these guys that were doing pre-draft training here in Dallas, And there's so many guys that come in out the city. So many guys that are actually from Dallas that are doing their pre-draft training here. So Trey walks into the gym and this is in like April, maybe May. High school is still going on. He's supposed to be in school. He walks in and I'm thinking like, what is he doing here? Is he on his lunch break? So the guys are, you know, they just did some workouts and they get into like a competitive game of king of the court. For those that don't know, king of the court it's basically one-on-one. You get one possession. And if you miss, then um, you know, you, you're off the court. And if you make the basket, you stay on. So it was, I'd say three guys that were in this game were drafted, and maybe a couple were on two ways. Trey Johnson won. He was frying them. His ability to get to his his shot, his pull-ups. Tough shots, hook shots there was one play where he went to dunk with his left hand and, and and you see him and he's he's a lot bigger now than what he was then like that's one of the things I've noticed that he's really like put on some muscle over the last six months to a year but he has this baby face he's very unassuming, but he is he's a dog like I mean I know that term is overused a lot but but Trey has it. And he won on the high school level at, like, a public school, didn't go to, like, one of the, the bigger schools, the hotbeds, won. Goes to Link. And then when I saw when I, I've noticed that he's a good passer, but I feel like the passing has really grown at Link. He's making, like, live dribble, left-hand passes. His pace to the game is, is, is excellent, in my opinion. You can't speed him up. I really, really, really like him. So what, outside of, like, his body and – and what you said about um, him not going east and west all the time. What else have you seen in his game that makes you believe that he is one of the better prospects in 2025?
1: Yeah, I actually probably lean on the lower end in terms of most people on Trey. Um, just some worries about – I think there's something that I thought about this week just watching him. I think some Zach Levine type tendencies in terms of when you're such a high level, high degree of difficulty shot maker, um, sometimes you're more prone to settling for tough looks. And I think um, just doesn't get downhill enough, doesn't get a ton all the way at the rim, but is such a talented shot maker. Um, He's improved as an athlete, as a defender this year. Um, I think those are the big things and starting his role is essentially starting to make more sense thinking long-term, than it was where he was at 35 to 40% usage rate shooting whatever he wants. Um, But I think just continuing to smoothen out that process, thinking the game, um, more poise, stuff like that, are kind of the next steps for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't think he had a great summer. Like, I didn't think he really stood out at USA Basketball. I watched a couple games when they had EYBL here in Dallas. I remember they played Paul George's team, and they gave him fits. Whether it was being physical with them, or, I mean, you could just tell guys were up for that particular matchup. But you mentioned, like, not getting downhill enough and selling for tough shots. That's the first thing I see when I see Ace Bailey. I think he's super, super talented. But when I watch this film, and I know the synergy numbers could be off a a little bit because they're probably not tracking every game. I see a guy that is making 80% of his shots at the rim but he's getting to that pull-up all the time. I will, And I'm nitpicking here because I think he's super talented, but I would love to see him get downhill a little bit more. What are your thoughts on Ace Bailey?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, truthfully, I don't think you're nitpicking. I think he's immensely talented, but I think I, I'm a little bit lower on Ace at the same point too because a lot of the same reasons. is when you're such a high-level shot maker, you got size on your side and you can get it off whenever you want you tend to be very much reliant on it. And then when you get to the NBA, where do the easy buckets come from? Um, and I think that's a tough translation. It's tough to be really, really confident in it. But at the same time, you can't get too low because there aren't a, guy, a lot of guys on the planet that are 6'8", move like he does and can knock down shots at the level that he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I first watched them, I'm like, dang, this dude is a pro. Like, he just has the look, the feel. You just know that he's a pro right away. That you see like the the shot making, but then it's like, wait a minute. He's, he's pulling up. I mean, he's elevating over the top of guys w- with ease, but I do think the degree of difficulty in his shot selection, I think at the high school level, it doesn't have to be. All right, when we return, I want to talk a little bit more about Ace Bailey, but then I want to just get your thoughts on some of the other guys that were named in the McDonald's All-American game and hear your thoughts on how you – Potentially see them as an NBA prospect. But let's talk about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy Made Easy. It is also the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It is very addictive. I can tell you that much. It's very addictive. All you have to do is pick two to six players and you're going against the numbers. You're not playing against your friends. You're not playing against... Sharks, it is just you versus the stats projections, and you can let the money roll in. And what I love about prize picks is that they have combo projections where you can pick guys in a specials league. It can be a league that you can combine leagues. I should just leave it at that. You can combine LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combination of three-pointers made and receptions. You can also play against Meek Mill in the communities league. And then prize picks also offers a reboot policy so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured it's for football and for basketball so if you have a guy that gets hurt in the first half and doesn't return in the second half he gets rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy so go to prizepicks.com use the promo code locked on nba it has to be lowercase L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 again prizepicks.com. All right, left off talking about Ace Bailey. Like I said, phenomenal talent just settles for a lot of jumpers and I mean, they he, he he looks good doing it. He looks very good doing it. Efficient, doesn't miss, but again, I just feel like he should go downhill a little bit. How do you view him as an NBA prospect like what position is he do you think he can be a big two or do you think he's best used as like an athletic four or or wing I mean it's good to have that type of versatility but what do you view him as far as being an NBA prospect
1: I think that's the toughest thing and it's interesting coming off a conversation talking about Cooper and what are the questions on him and then coming to ace talking about all the questions with him because I think The role that he's been playing is really, really tough to imagine that scaling up. It doesn't really translate to the next level. Um, I think long term he's going to be best fit as a three, Um, just kind of with the lack of rim pressure, the physicality. um, I think he probably is best as a three, but it is tough. It's a tough role to kind of figure out because he hasn't played a ton of high level basketball, didn't play UIBL, didn't play on a shoe circuit. Um, kind of the dude and has the ultimate green light on his high school team at McKee Turn. Um, So it'll be tough. It'll be interesting, excuse me, to watch how he kind of uh, translates to different roles, different levels over this next year.
0: Can you tell the audience why he hasn't played? If you know the answer that he hasn't played like EYBL or, or high level, is it just he's been training or what's your thought behind that or the, or the yeah. reason?
1: He's been with a uh, independent team based in Atlanta since he was pretty young, um, and it's just kind of stuck by his people. Um, and just whether it was injuries, different things along the road, hasn't been uh, present in a lot of these high-level settings where most of these guys have played against each other. So it's kind
0: of similar to Jonathan Kaminga in a sense. Kaminga didn't really – well, he did, but it was like a small sample size. He missed like – um, basketball without borders a couple of years ago was always like where there was an injury or travel restrictions or travel issues that a lot of times scouts didn't really get a chance to see him. So they um they finally got a chance to really watch him and evaluate him when he played for the Ignite. All right, who here are some other guys that were selected to the McDonald's all American game that you really like?
1: I think my guy probably in this class at this point is Vijay Edgecombe, um, recently committed to Baylor, playing at Long Island Lutheran in New York. Um, been also the biggest riser in the class. I would say 16 or so months ago, he was unknown by anyone outside of Southern out of outside of South Florida. And now he's, I would say, a consensus top six prospect in the country and, to me, uh, top three prospect in the country.
0: Okay. Who do you think is the best long-term NBA prospect out of the guys that we, we haven't talked about.
1: That's tough. Um, Dylan Harper and Jaleel Bethea are probably the two guys that come to mind for sure. Probably lean Jaleel Bethea just in terms of how high level a shot maker he is. Um, he's six foot five, six foot four guard from the Philly area headed to Miami next year, um, which should definitely be pretty entertaining. Um, But explosive, high-level shot maker, um, really grown as a playmaker and kind of really has erupted this summer and now taken it into a senior year fly school.
0: Yeah, when I watch him, it's like, man, this guy doesn't miss. He's got a burner, shoots an easy ball, like his range. I don't think he's going to have any issues adjusting to, like, NBA range because he's already there in a sense as far as just how easy it comes off. Good athlete, not like great athlete, at least – like with a style of play in a sense, like he's not, you know, playing above the rim, but then it's like, if you watch Cooper play, you watch some of these other guys, everybody else kind of looks like a, you know, an average athlete, but I like him. Like he can shoot the ball. I've seen him ranked in the top five prospects for 2025 NBA draft. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would put him right there. Definitely in the mix as a top five guy. I would have, being at six foot five and create and can create and go into a good fit next year. And it's also my money for the best shooter, shot maker in the class. Definitely think he's a top five candidate.
0: All right, I want to talk about John Bull. Very late bloomer. Came from well, I know he's he's Sudanese, but a guy that I was told was discovered off of like a 13-second video clip from a phone. And I actually just came from, from Kenya. And I saw like some of the the players that that I don't want to I guess played with or you know that that he kind of grew up within that in that area, and I had a chance to watch them and there's, there's some talented guys. I think the next wave, which has already started with with South Sudan, um, making it to the Olympics, but I think the next wave of super talented players is from South Sudan. They're all long, agile, athletic. And if scouts or or trainers were looking to develop them as wings because they have the fluidity and athleticism, it it can be really, really scary. But John Bull has an interesting story, had only been playing basketball for like nine months before he came to the States, ends up being a McDonald's All-American. What are your thoughts on John Bull as a long term NBA prospect?
1: Yeah, I think he's interesting. Definitely one of the best interior rim protectors, interior defenders in the entire country. Um, probably was one of the bigger surprises for me in terms of making the roster. But going to play for Chris Beard next year, a defensive coach, uh, I think he's going to be awesome. Obviously got to put on a ton of strength. Mm-hmm. But he already plays really hard. Um, Got good instincts defending on the back line. So I think it's going to be a really good fit at Ole Miss, um, but definitely needs some seasoning.
0: Yeah, he's a little raw, which you can expect for someone that just came over in 2021 and had only been playing a little bit. Since then, the first thing that stands out to me when I watch him is how quick he gets off his feet. Like his second jump is 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 incredible. And he moves. Well, I think the sky's the limit for him, but obviously he needs to get stronger and continue to just get some experience. But I think that he's trending in the right direction and he, he could be one of the the surprises for next year, because I don't really see a lot of people talking about him as like a one and done. They think he's more so of a maybe a two year. I don't want to say project. That sounds bad, but like a, a two-year player, just because he's—I mean—he's behind in, in his development, in a sense because you know he didn't grow up playing when he was five, six, or whatever. But he has caught a lot of guys. But I, I do think that he has a chance to to really grow and to continue to develop at, at Ole Miss next year. Real quick, who was the biggest omission?
1: Asa Newell, man. It's but new- it,
0: is it because he, he's at Mount right? Yeah, and they can't have three players on the same team. It's
1: pretty. It's a stupid rule. Asa Newell is one of the ten best prospects in the country for sure.
0: Yeah, it's tough because he was the the odd man out with Cooper Flag and and
1: um, what was it, Liam? Liam and then Derek Queen. But I thought you can't have three. They you can't have more than three.
0: Oh, Okay, I got it wrong. I was about to say, wait a minute, there is three guys on the team. Okay, I, I read it wrong. I thought you can't have three, but you can't have more than three. That that's 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 very unfortunate for him, but I guess it's it's probably something that people are going to think about now when they start loading up and going to to these powerhouses. But well, once again, that wraps up this episode. Rafael Barlow with Max Feldman, who is my go-to guy when it comes to anything grassroots related. Please check out the Locked On NBA Big Board newsletter. I came out with my Big Board 2.0. So if you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the newsletter. And if you're not subscribed to Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast. Please subscribe, like, share. Follow Max. Max, where can they find you and your work?
1: Uh, my Twitter is at Max Feldman6. Um, and content on madehoops.com.
0: All right. Follow Max if you love grassroots hoops. This again is Rafael Barlow and Max Feldman, and we are out.